0: Oak City Move is a podcast on 88.1 WKNC, highlighting people creating positive change in the triangle and beyond. Oak City Move can be heard on air every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. on 88.1 WKNC or online at wknc.org listen. For episodes and more information, go to our blog at blog.wknc.org or follow us on SoundCloud at WKNC 881.
1: 88.1 WKNC. My name's Sarah, and you're listening to 88.1, and this is the Oak City Move a Weekly program here on WKNC. Today, we're going to be talking to two different outlets of NC State Student Media Association. The first being Wendover, which is our literary and art magazine. Yearly magazine, I guess? Annual. Uh, annual. It's the first week of class. I'm out of words. <laughs> but that and also our student newspaper here at NC State Technician. So, first, we've got C. Phillips, who is the editor in chief of Wendover. Hey, C. Hello. So, tell us, what is Wendover?
2: So, like you said, Wendover is NC State's literary and arts magazine. We publish once a year, usually, or not usually, all the time at the end of the year. Books usually come out during exam season. And we also host two open mics throughout the year, one per semester, and that's usually in Caldwell Lounge, and students can come out and read their writing or play their music or show off their art but yeah we publish once a year we're a very small staff so in the spring semester correct? spring semester yes but yeah we're a really small staff i'd say definitely the smallest of student media compared to all of the newspapers and yearbook and knc and we work really hard to make a really pretty book (laughs) and windover is the youngest outlet
1: i believe so yeah so what is windover comprised of
2: so we have a visual section, a literary section, and an audio section. Um, and that's for the editing, but the book is, you know, tossed in there. <laughs> like, <laughs> different pictures and writing. Yes, so we take poetry or any kind of literature, like essays or short stories, as well as any kind of visual art, like paintings, sketches, drawings, photos of installations, photography, things like that. And then audio is just like music or mixes that people make. I'm not sure if we've ever done like a spoken word recording. Mm -hmm. I would have to check, but that would be cool if anyone would ever want to submit that this year. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you get involved in Wendover? So my freshman year at State two years ago, I was friends with the editor-in-chief that year, Kanchi Gandhi. She was a sophomore at the time. And in high school, I also was the editor-in-chief of our literary magazine and worked through that all four years and did a lot of publishing with that. And also I self-published my own work. So that was the natural conclusion of (laughs) getting involved with this. And I worked last year for Nikita's volume. She was the editor-in-chief last year. I was the promotional manager. So doing like social media and postering and making designs for flyers and stuff. And then I applied because I wanted this position and I got it. (laughs) Awesome. I'm really
1: glad you did. <laughs> so with Windover being like one of the smallest outlets, for those of you who don't know, um, our other outlets include two newspapers, obviously the radio station, which you are listening to right now, and um, our yearbook. So and they have a bit of a longer history than Windover does. And they have a lot more funding, a lot more yes. funding and a lot more physical help. So in terms of like student reporters and uh, student involvement and things like that. So with Windover, what's the process like for you right now? Like starting now to prepare to make a book that won't come out until late April or May?
2: Yes. So I made it a point to try to start over the summer because I found that promoting during the summer worked better. My idea for this year was like, I'm going to make sure we always have a leg out there, you know, like (laughs) make sure that everyone always is hearing about us. Because I think in the past, people on campus don't really know about us compared to the other outlets here. I've met people who literally have never heard of that. I'm like, well, it's at school. I work here. Um, So my main mission was to just be heard, be seen on social media and stuff like that. But now I'm hiring staff, which I will talk about (laughs) very soon, which is very important. Uh, so as soon as I have my staff settled and hired, we're going to be accepting submissions from students and alumni and literally anyone associated with the university for their writing and their visual artwork and their audio work. And we're going to be looking through them and grading them and seeing what we should put in the book and then promoting in the meantime. Yeah, constantly. Um, and then we'll have an open mic. Actually, that date has been set. It's in October, I cannot exactly remember the day because I turned up the paper today, but I will be <laughs> tweeting about that if anyone wants to follow the whatever Twitter. And then Crunch time comes between December and spring break, which is when we close out submissions, we design the book, the ideas to be designing it in the meantime. So when crunch time hits we're just like inserting the Yeah, like pieces. putting final touches and stuff yeah. like that. So that's like the big big time <laughs> yeah. for us. And then we'll be promoting in the meantime, hopefully having an open mic after the book's been sent for publishing. And then at the end of the year when the book comes out, we have a big release party, which we will come to find out where that will be. Last year it was at Art Space downtown, yeah. um, and it was really nice. We had music and performers and WKNC DJ there, Yep. Um, which hopefully that will be an agreement again in the future. <laughs> um, Fingers crossed. Yes. And food, and it was nice, and that will happen again. You get to dress up and read our book.
1: <laughs> awesome. And so... Um obviously there's going to be some submissions that you get that are just like blatantly like just bad. <laughs> but like well. how how do you determine what art is good art?
0: Uh, personally, I don't like thinking of it as good or bad. It's you're, just um, clarifying when you're curating. Are you just looking for like something that speaks to you, the art term? Or is it theme chunks of content or is it more broad than that?
2: Yeah. So the idea is the book every year has a th- visual theme. And sometimes we try to work art like on adjacent pages to have like a similar vibe to them. Like uh-huh. a poem might have an image in it that looks like the photograph or the painting or whatever. I would say that you can submit literally anything because the theme usually isn't really publicized and told like, hey, our theme this year is uh, sacred geometry, which it was last <laughs> year. So, so write a poem about a square like, <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. I think the position of editor in chief is like you are hired because the board trusts your vision and I just I don't know I don't like the idea of good or bad art not to like <laughs> discredit your question oh but no um, yeah, yeah I like
1: <laughs> I am no one to be judging anyone's art but just,
2: <laughs> no like, but I mean just honestly it's just like you get one shot you know you publish it once so it's like should this be in this book that I make you gotta have you like know? the best of the best kind of thing yeah
1: and I mean and like best is subjective, so it doesn't exactly. need to be like a lifelong artist to submit
2: anything. But oh, absolutely not. Anyone. It could be your first poem you've ever written and we'll read it and we might love it. At the end of the day, it would be up to me what goes in, but the yeah. literary editor that I hire, that person would like be the one the to... the poetry yeah. and then the and visual in,
1: editor, like that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. And I would entrust those people to have a similar idea of what's good or bad. Gotcha.
1: So that being said, <laughs> I forgot my question. That being said... Go for it, Janae. Go for it, Janae. Janae saves me, Um, always.
0: So since Windover is such a young outlet, would you say that you're kind of grateful that you have some part in crafting an image that's pretty new to people as one of the editors now to a relatively young program can kind of help build the brand yeah absolutely (laughs) um something that I really admired about
2: Conchi's um edition the 50th volume of Windhover was just her constant branding like she is so good at graphic design (laughs) y'all so like her just actually designed our logo to, oh. to give you an idea well, of there you go.
1: some of her designs.
2: Um, so just like seeing her work and like her constant promotion and her constant branding through visuals and stuff like that, I was like, I need to hop on that. I need to like continue this. I think she laid a really solid foundation for that. And again, I don't know about, anyone before her because i wasn't at nc state but that's something i really admired from her and i wanted to continue on with that and then being someone who comes from a writing background of (coughs) diy (laughs) and like self-publishing like zines and things like that yeah i definitely want it to be more accessible and not as Mm -hmm. scary to get published because i mean in my experience trying to get published i submit my stuff to outlets that are more just grassroots and like accepting of anyone and like mm-hmm. want to be inclusive to different identities and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, you can't really tell anyone's backstory by their name, but it's like if in the future uh, submissions come with like a little artist bio, just something to yeah consider um, publishing people who don't usually get heard in art.
1: What are some of your favorite outlets? Like, so you talked about like submitting to different grassroots outlets that are like different from the typical art or literary type publications that you would see. So what are some of those?
2: Yeah. So the world of publishing is really daunting and like scary. And some people don't even hear back about their manuscripts for months. And then it's like, do I get paid? Do I not get paid? All of that really <laughs> is stinky. Um, so I actually, a couple of my favorites, shout out. There's a publication called New Lit Mag and mm-hmm. they do, um, It's these are all online also because I thrive online. Um. <laughs> Um, So New Lit Mag, they publish, I believe, quarterly, and it's something they do called Micro Macro. They take micro poetry submissions, which I think it's either less than 200 characters, and then macro images, which are just like Photoshopped images you make, have some text over it or something, or photos you take, or macro images or that. Um, And then they publish it online, and it's really awesome, and I got some of my work in it. And they they publish with a theme every time. And then there is Witchcraft Mag, which i really like and i have i'm hoping i hear back from them soon um they published witchcraft
1: mag if you're listening just look out for secrets
2: (laughs) (laughs) no pressure i'm just kidding but yeah so they usually run on the theme of the super i'm not gonna actually because i don't know their flagship stuff what they what they brand themselves on but in the past they've done publishing like witchcraft you know yeah witchy stuff adjacent to that yeah uh, and then the year is Fluland Mag, which is a online publication, and they publish some of the coolest stuff I've ever seen. I submitted a couple of poems to them that got published recently, and they just take a breadth of different stuff. Like you can submit multiple poems or long form, short story, long form, short stories. Um, <laughs> I've read some really intense stuff on there, like really cool horror short stories. And then there's tenderness, yeah, that's spelled Y E A, yeah, <laughs> and. <laughs> Their ethos, again, driving it is like trans, genderqueer people, um, non-heterosexual people, Mm -hmm. um, people of color, things like that. They aim to publish people I think are definitely most affected by marginalization in the art community. So they're really cool and they publish flash fiction and poetry and those are the people that I like a lot and I read a lot.
0: So I feel like poetry is often something that people are very quick to say, like, I don't get it, (laughs) is often more intimidating than other art forms for people because they feel like there's something to get there and that they have to be fancy schmancy to get. How do you balance, try to encourage holding the magazine to high esteem and being high art and also being accessible and inviting, which you said was important to you? Yeah,
2: so I took a couple of writing courses in high school and my teacher, Mr. Matteau, at Middle Creek High School, he taught in a way that really made me find fa- my voice. This sounds so corny, but like, <laughs> I mean, I have been writing poetry for a little bit since middle school, but then that really solidified, oh, I- I'm an artist now. So I think like, this, like everything I'm going to say sounds really corny. Yeah. yeah, but it's like poetry. It's literally just like, write what you feel, but <laughs> in a way that like, maybe you haven't seen before try to put something that you haven't seen or heard of before on paper or on uh microsoft word wherever you write whatever medium stuff. you have whatever media um cave paintings and <laughs> stick and sand poems um but i mean i don't like a lot of classical poetry like anything yeah. that people like hold in high regard as like what you would study i mean not that shakespeare's they're bad. sonnets yeah um, <laughs> whoever wrote them right am i right did he even write them I am calling out Shakespeare on W. Um No, but I don't know. I just feel like people who aren't always being heard have more important things to say most of the time because you can't hear them and they're not repeating what you hear because what you hear is being heard. Being you hear s- is being heard, people. I am a poet, y'all. She didn't What you know hear it. is being told by people that you always hear from is my idea of that. So yeah. it's like, you're probably right, <laughs> but it's my <laughs> idea of that. I just look for things that are unique, things I haven't seen before. I mean, you don't have to easily parse a poem to love it. I If something just sounds amazing to me, then it's a good poem to me. If it's something I haven't seen before or heard before, it's an amazing poem to me. If it's not a sentence broken into four different lines, like it's an amazing poem to me. Um like, dang, that's there's a, a great. Not, not, calling out any particular people, but like there's a lot of uh fads going around in certain poetry and writing communities that I've seen that I'm just kind of sick of. I know this is not like I know what yeah, y'all are thinking I'm no talking names. about, but it's no, I'm really not talking I about, that about that book. T- no, like I didn't hate that book because I like what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway But you didn't like the format. <laughs> yeah. And again, like that's not me to decide if it's good art or not. I feel so sorry for people who don't get the <laughs> get in on this, but if it's the format's not something I agree with, I'm not gonna hate on you for it. it's just like what's it about? Art is subjective. What's
0: the meat? What's the meat of the what's poem? the meat
1: or the veggie?
0: As someone familiar with your work, I just wanted <laughs> I just wanted to say that I think you're very good at presenting concepts that maybe not everyone can relate to, but thoughts or feelings that kind of float in people's heads regardless of their identity or their place in life, things that are relatable, but in a new format that they haven't necessarily seen. So taking familiar thoughts to a lot of people and then recontextualizing them. Just being nice. Thank you. <laughs> I'm
2: signing autographs at 6 p.m. after the show. <laughs> at 6 p.m. after the show, which is... After in... my part of the show. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: I was like... <laughs> That's the show hmm, We go till 7. <laughs> my show. My show ends. Then. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break to listen to some music. You're listening to 88.1. Keep it locked. My name's
0: Sarah. My name's Janae.
1: And you're listening to the Oak City Move, a weekly program here on WKNC. We're talking to C. Phillips, Editor-in-Chief of NCSU's publication, Windover. Hey, C. Hello. So just to recap real quick for people that are just tuning in, what is Wendover um, and what role does it play within the student media outlets of North Carolina State University?
2: Um, so, Wendover is the NC State Literary and Arts Magazine, and we accept literary, visual, and audio submissions. And we put it into a book at the end of the year, and then post all the music onto Bandcamp, or <laughs> we make a CD and put it in there. We are a pretty small, or the smallest outlet at student media at NC State, and I think that we give a voice to people at a predominantly STEM school who may not have an- another avenue of creative expression within their own studies. So that serves them and also people who are pursuing that and their studies and yeah. want to keep on going and get published.
1: So it's open essentially for anybody, regardless of their field of study here at NC State. So you could be like an engineering major, which is most of the people here at our school, and still write poetry for Wendover.
2: Yes, absolutely. We accept submissions from anybody from NC State currently in the past and staff too that's not usually who we get submissions from but it's not called off for them they can yeah submit. staff get on on this this is your
1: time to shine like you wanted to be a poet in third grade you should hit up c Please, we are open for submissions at any time. Having worked at Technician, which is the NC State Sun Newspaper, by the way, we are going to be talking to the managing editor and editor-in-chief later today, so stay tuned for that. But anyways, so at Technician and other outlets here, you kind of get a chance to work between the writer and the editor on editing the work and like shaping it to be the best of its ability. But with your sort of outlet, do you guys have that connection where editors can edit the stuff, or is it one time you send it in? deal or no deal kind of thing
2: so some of them we get we think that a couple of things maybe should be changed and then it is up to me and the editor that is seeing over that piece we can reach out to the person that submitted it and ask them like if they could edit these things if they would feel comfortable with us editing it just like from whatever side they want this done um and then if they're not into it and they're like no this is my piece this is what i wrote this is what it is we'll think about it (laughs) um not that's not a big issue or like usually the case but i know we had to reach out to a few people last year who maybe it wasn't exactly what we were looking for but it was just almost there
1: yeah but Um, you kind of get to have that dialogue between editor and and writer or creator
2: yeah definitely if need be usually it's not the case though but not as much as like with a newspaper or something like that Gotcha.
1: and so what are the plans for windover for this year so obviously windover doesn't come out until around late april Um, late
2: April early early May yeah
1: right so it's still it seems like a really really long time away from now but definitely for the editor-in-chief you've got a lot going on so what are the plans that you're doing right now as of late August early September to get ready for that
2: so right now I am trying to recruit staff because it is only me right now in my tiny office in Witherspoon. <laughs> I am trying to hire a literary editor, an audio editor, and a visual editor, as well as a design editor, which is, aside from me, the most work that you could have at Wendover, and they're all paying positions as well. Um, And then past that, trying to find volunteers, reaching out to people who volunteered last year to help with events and forming committees for each section. The committees, uh, along with the editor, they review work and stuff. So it's not all just one person reading everything and then coming to me like, is this is good. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> yeah. we get a bunch of different people. Um, and that's what I also like about this publication because it's not just one person like good or bad,
1: good or bad. <laughs> so but, um, for yeah. people that want to get involved in the editing process or the volunteering process, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and what experience level do people need? Like, do you need to be a skilled designer or can you just have basic Photoshop skills to like come work for one
2: <laughs> Okay. So for Editing positions that are not the design editor, the literary, visual, and audio editors, um, I'm looking that you have some background in that field. So, like, maybe you play guitar and have written songs, and you have made songs and put them online or something. Um that you're a photographer if you're looking for the visual editing position or anything to do with that medium. And then same with writing if you've written stuff. (laughs) If you have experience in the English department or like creative writing, maybe you don't actually write or publish stuff, but you study and you know it. But it's usually good to have pieces that you've created yourself that you can show me that's along with the application design editor. You absolutely have to be very good at design. (laughs) I'm usually looking for design students, but not not all the time because, like, maybe someone does really good design on their own and they're set- majoring in engineering or English. Well, if you're an engineering major, you probably wouldn't want to dedicate that much time to win over because I'm sure you have a lot on your plate there. But, yeah, looking for people who have uh, specifically print design skills or at least are learning that now, one to two years of experience in design, hopefully, um, have a impressive portfolio can work more in the spring around spring break or from january to march because that is a lot of work for us at that time you you absolutely have to like, dedicate a lot of time at time. i'm not going to underscore how much time you will have to be spending on the design um not like you can't have like 15 hours and do this like you absolutely can just go to class and stuff but like it's not just something that i'm gonna hire you for and expect you not to pull your weight in but yeah applications for design editor are open until august 29th and may probably will We'll be extending that and then literary audio and visual editors as well as if you want to work with a design editor so like as a sub designer those applications are going to be due september 12th both at 10 p.m that night and you can find information on what your application can have at wentover.ncsu.edu or any of our social media things but i'm not going to spell out every single one of them they can you can find them on the website yeah <laughs>
0: Just want to reiterate for anyone who is just listening. So he was just explaining the positions at Windover. But to submit, you can be at any level of yeah. experience. To submit, you can never have written a poem before. Yeah. you. Um, anyone on staff that works and is
2: paid to read stuff um, definitely needs the experience. But if you're submitting it and you want to be featured in the publication, you want to have your poem put onto a page into this book, you could be anybody in the world. <laughs> well, not in the world. Anybody that Mini. has NC some State sort of world. tie to NC State, yes. NC State Universe, yes. <laughs> Go pack. Um Go back.
1: <laughs> So, this is a question that s- obviously, like with most of student media, with the exception of KNC, gets. Print media is dead. That is such a common thing that Nuh-uh. we're hearing now. So, what other than, uh, what is, your, <laughs> what is your refuting argument to print media is dead?
2: Okay. So, I think there is definitely a delineation between like news print media and then like entertainment print media. I, don't have a well i did i did newspaper in high school but like you know, <laughs> i'm not 2017 up to date on the climate of print news media i guess i'm
1: asking more as as the editor-in-chief oh no, an yeah. entertainment thinking. magazine yeah
2: um so that's what i was saying like between that and entertainment media like any or not entertainment just like creative art mm-hmm. high bro art um so like i said i do my own printing myself self-publishing i make zines and chapbooks and stuff like that of my own writing and design and photos and stuff like that i think i mean like it's just as like corny as it sounds it is so awesome to feel something in your hand that looks nice like again like i'm speaking for creative works you can have your own everyone can have their own opinions about newspapers versus like online journals but yeah i mean i love to like see the know-how and creative process into designing something into making it look nice into making it flow correctly into like all of the just intricacies of paper types of paper and stuff i know volume 50 of Winhover had like this really cool reflective shiny it was like the the divider. theme
1: like well i don't know if like the actual theme it was, but it was like a lot of holographic work just kind of featured in promotion and the design of the book itself so that one just it was just very aesthetically pleasing
2: yeah that theme was um officially titled iridescent and that was just like you know Kanchi had her m- mood board up in her office of like all the different <laughs> colorful rainbowy type things and then last year's was sacred geometry which i really liked a lot it was very like sleek and fancy and it was just like I don't know exactly the definition of sacred geometry, but it was cool shapes and tessellations and stuff. And then, so geometry that is sacred. Yeah. And then like yeah. there was the dividing pages were like embossed silver, different tessellations of shapes. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like, yeah, it's just, it feels good to have something in your hands that you can like flip through a bunch of times. And it's not like you have it saved on your desktop as a PDF and you just keep clicking through pages. Because I mean, like you can read anything anywhere, but you can't like experience a <laughs> printed object mm-hmm. uh, the same way you can with a book than versus just the PDF up online.
0: <laughs> for risk of asking another uh, corny art question. I love them. So you're saying that having a book for you feels more personal, but would you say that in terms of the textures of the paper and stuff like that, you're also using the book itself as an extension of the art in terms of your choices?
2: Yes, exactly. I feel like Bringing it back to the dang pdf on your on <laughs> <laughs> your desktop um no it's just like if you read it online or like on a on a kindle on the fake books oh my god <laughs> oh I hate the fake books um and like if you're reading it on there that's available to anybody in the exact same way like it's all the same type of formatting and everything a book like you could rip it up <laughs> or like you know i mean it could be it's a sensory experience. exactly it's sensory and like you can't and you can
1: mark it up and write notes and like it mm-hmm. kind of documents not only you can go on
0: your pdf and cross stuff <laughs> you can highlight stuff yeah
1: no but like for me like that's always been a really important thing personally just growing up i was a really avid reader so like having a print version of a book especially one that meant so much to me was really important so like i still have my like as corny as this sounds again we're just okay. using the word corny we're a lot just... in this segment Goes so bear well with us <laughs> but growing up reading the harry potter books i still have my original copies from when i was like the first one i got when i was five so i still have my original copy of harry potter that's like almost 15 years old so things like that they just kind of like the old design and like even like the smell of books like that. like okay honestly I have, i'm a i'm a book sniffer okay i'm a, I'm a, a
2: librarian a, my name is sarah <laughs> no and i'm a book
1: sniffer book sniffer okay book but sniffer. but just kind of like documenting the way your reactions change even to like one particular text or things like that like the way your worldview kind of changes the way you interpret different pieces of art whether it's visual or Um, written art or things like that.
0: Yeah, I agree. And also I feel like digital content gets all the credit for being so shareable, but like it is so much more personal and intimate to share a book with somebody and to share something that reached you in that way and say, here's a book I really liked. Then email someone and be like, thought you might like this. Like having a physical book feels much more personal when you're sharing with others. And
1: too, when you're talking about accessibility, because it's accessible, yes, but to only to people who have internet access Mm -hmm. and electronics which is like okay it's pretty common especially like in a developed country like the united states but if we're just talking about e-media versus print media as a general global idea a lot of people don't have access to the internet they don't have access to different electronic devices so i mean it's accessibility is kind of more of a um I don't know it's more it just depends on the way you look at it because accessibility can mean different things to different people
2: exactly it's cheaper for the people who already have like access to internet and their device and stuff yeah. like that but at the end of the day it's much easier to just give someone a book <laughs> like, yeah and keep giving it to someone that's why there's like little book drop off things around campuses are so cool you just put a book in there and take one out so
1: <laughs> going off of that with a with the whole like idea of accessibility, you have self published before and with zines and um, different things like that. Yep. So, what is that process like in terms of self publishing, um, especially like talking about you know, like you said earlier, the um, the publication uh, world just is really daunting and can be really hard, and you put in so much work and only to be shot down by these people who have like barely even glanced at something you put so much effort into. So, what was your take on that?
2: Um, So, yeah, like the formal world of publishing, aside from what I've found in little online niche communities um, that publish online and stuff like that, it's like a lot of the time you have to pay to like even have them consider your publication. And at that point, there's like copyright rules where you could not submit your manuscript. And if you're paying
1: someone to look at your writing like that in itself is a like it's biased. Like if you're having to pay someone to even look at your writing, they're already going to be there's going to be a bias when they're looking at that art because exactly. they're like oh yeah i'm getting paid so i might as well actually look at it
2: <laughs> yeah it's so much far less accessible and only gives like the accessibility to people who can afford to have a hobby of writing and then pay to make someone consider their hobby um so for me um i mean self-publishing still can be money but also it could be very free if you have the <laughs> tools to take paper and staple stuff and cut stuff um I have made zines before that I am now rebranding into what are they called? Chat books because I realize that what are chat books? Okay, (laughs) can you explain what
1: zines are and what chat books are because those are very new yeah millennial age terms
2: uh well zines been around for quite a while i think both of them have, but like you know it's more it's the like Internet. the resurgence
1: of <laughs> yeah. like our generation
2: yeah um i so like zines i used to publish my stuff i've done poetry and like a couple of comics and then like just published a photo a conceptual photo book <laughs> um but yeah zines are I found to be more describing informational or just themed around a certain topic. Like there were punk zines in the 80s and 90s and there were Riot Grrrl zines in the 90s. And then zines actually I learned were originated, uh, cannot remember the decade, where like science fiction magazines would publish this like really hard sci-fi And people would read it and be like um that's not true like that would never work that way and then like would write to the publications and then the publications would publish the mean letters like to make fun of them and then all the fans who agreed with each other would start like writing to each other like what they thought about like every issue kind of
1: like what you'd call today like a not a fandom fandom. well yeah (laughs) Yeah. like I mean, essentially a fandom like with their own what what was it called fan fiction
2: kind of thing yeah um and so like they would start circulating their own and it was just very small scale. But yeah, I would say zines are more limited or not limited. You can never limit yourself with any. I felt that the phrase was not applicable to what I do. Um, uh-huh. And chapbooks are just like I what you would see a zine like it's like a half size, you know, booklet mm-hmm. um, and it's more focused on like personal work. So it's like okay. what you've read. It's ba- like it's a poetry book or like a, a comic, tiny comic book or like a short your short stories or like a short a long or longer story but it's one story you know um and so yeah i don't make zines you know centered around topics that aren't abstract so yeah. i found like oh a chat book is what you publish your own work in and so i have more uh accessibility to certain things like softwares and i can afford to publish my own work and like pay whatever fee to get it sent back to me i have found very cheap uh publisher so so if you ever want to do that hit me up on social media and i will help you with that process but yeah i use like adobe InDesign um to make my work um and it's more design centered i like to put words to images that aren't you know just a picture i like to play around with the like uh, images on imagery on the page and like the design of the page Mm -hmm. and the typography and stuff like that and it's usually centered around like my own personal experience with a certain topic or idea but yeah it's um Zine making or chapbook making could also be very cheap if you have, like, a few pages of computer paper and a knife and, like, a marker. And then you can learn how to fold it. Like, you it. don't need fancy equipment, essentially. To not do it. at all to make anything. And then, like, you can copy it and then sell it. And then, like, if you find the right communities, which I can be very, not very hard, but pretty hard to find just because, yeah. you know, they're not as big as music scenes. Like, lit scenes aren't... <laughs> aren't Underground big... literary, like, meeting. Exactly. So that's why I found, like, internet people to be my best avenue of success (laughs) with selling my work and getting my stuff published so to wrap this all up
1: um see what advice do you have to people that are artists whether they be uh, artists in the form of the traditional sense of visual art or they like to make music or write or anything that they call art what advice do you have for them
2: I would say do it, whatever you want to do, stop thinking about it and then make people listen to you about it, because that is the best way to feel good about your art. I mean, not all art is about validation, but if that's what you're looking for, just frickin do it, put it out there and kiss yourself on the hand.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, C. Your talented hand. Sweet, sweet fingers. <laughs> Thank you so much, C. And again, you can find Windover at, it's windover.ncsu.edu, correct? Yep, that's spelled right.
2: W-I-N-D-H-O-V-E-R because that has been a point of contention for some people.
1: <laughs> you can also find them on most social media platforms, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And yep. if you're following the Oak City Move Facebook page, we have a link to their Facebook page. And if you missed any of this interview or want to listen to it again, it will be up on WKNC.org. This is 88.1, and you're listening to the Oak City Move.